You're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is the Sober Podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. You can always find the show notes, some posts, and all of my other tools over on decidedlydry.substack.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Well, hello, my sweet friends, and welcome to episode 84. I am so happy that you are here, and oh my lanta, do I have another amazing conversation here for you today. Today, I have a very special episode for many, many reasons. For one, this is the first male guest that I have interviewed here on the show. For a very, very long time, it's been primarily all women and just me. And recently, I had this, I don't know, kind of light bulb moment when I realized I was kind of doing a little bit of a disservice here with this ever-growing show by not including the guys in the conversation. So I reached out to my very dear friend, Grayson Pius, to start us off. Grayson is a fourth-year psychology student at Arizona State who will be attending George Fox University here in Oregon next fall to get his master's in counseling. In his free time, Gray loves exploring things like music, creativity, athletics, and health while maintaining relationships with those around him. Grayson's story is unique in that his sober story is, well, that his whole life he's been sober. Yep, this amazing guy decided early on that alcohol just wasn't going to be something he ever consumed. I loved our chat and was so impressed with his vulnerability and openness about some pretty big topics. Now, before we get to Gray, I want to give you a little sneak peek at what I'm putting together for January. I have some pretty big intentions or, I don't know, goals for myself starting January 1st. Now, notice I did not say resolutions. (laughs) More on that topic later. (laughs) But to celebrate the start of a new year, I'm going to be committing to three things. Number one, I'm going to continue living 100% alcohol-free. Number two, I'm going to aim to get 30 minutes of movement every single day. Now, please note, this can be walking, stretching, lifting weights, yoga, anything that is intentional movement. Number three, I am going to read the entire Bible next year. Yep, I have printed out the plan that the Bible recap provides, and I am determined to dedicate 20 minutes of my day reading the Bible. Now, if you think that sounds completely unrealistic, I hear (laughs) you. And that's why I am already putting together plans so that they are in place. For instance, some days I might listen to the assigned readings while I'm walking on the treadmill early in the morning while alcohol-free, of course. So, friend, that's like completing all three at the same time. Now, the reason that I'm bringing all of this up is I know for a fact, and from a lot of experience, 
that I personally achieve more goals when I'm held accountable and when I'm working with others. So if you were just listening to that whole spiel and you're like, heck yeah, Jess, take me with you. (laughs) All I imagine is uh, Jerry Maguire, who's coming with me? But I would love to invite you to subscribe to my Substack. I'll have the link in the show notes to make it easy. And for new podcast listeners, show notes are basically the text or kind of the the blurb of words um, that us hosts put together that describe the episode. So if you just kind of like scroll down where you're listening to your podcast, it's the description of the episode, okay? And that's where we put links and things that we might reference. I just want to mention that just in case you're listening and you're like, show notes. All these people talk about show notes. What are show notes? (laughs) So you can find that there. All right. So that was a lot of talking from me. I am going to leave that link for you. Cross my fingers that I sparked some interest. And now I give you Grayson Pius. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This is Jess, your host. And today is a unique episode, a unique and special one. The first thing that makes it exciting is, well, I have one of my dear friends here. Grayson is here today to share his story. Hi, Grayson. Hello. And the second exciting thing, which I just announced to you before we hit record, was that you are the first male guest that I've had on the show. Yeah, I'm very flattered to be the first. (laughs) It's exciting. Um, Yeah, I was just saying, I was like, you know, I just had this moment recently where I feel like for a long time, I've just been speaking to women because, you know, that's primarily who I work with and who, you know, I've trained in the fitness industry and blah, 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 blah. But I think it's kind of doing a disservice if you have a platform like this and you're not reaching out to everybody. So I want to thank you in advance for, uh, for coming on the show. So thanks. Well, thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here. Yeah. Well, it is going to be fun. And there's some, some really good things we're going to hit on. I'm really, really excited for this chat. Selfishly, I'm excited to just have this time with you because you're a good buddy of mine. And, um, why don't we start out just by you introducing yourself? So who you are, where you live, you know, what you do, all that good stuff. All right. Wow. That's a loaded first question to throw out there. <laughs> yeah. Where were <laughs> you born? Think no. <laughs> didn't think I'd have to talk about myself. Um, my name is Grayson Pius. I uh, am 22 years old. I'm currently in my last year of my undergrad getting a psychology degree. And next year, I intend to start my master's program in uh, clinical mental health counseling. I currently work at Starbucks, so I'm a big coffee fanatic. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the youngest of four, I grew up in Tualatin, Oregon, right outside of Portland. And I, uh, I'm pretty close with all my siblings. And we all enjoy sports, music, all the, all that jazz together. So, you know, we're all pretty well-rounded. <laughs> yes, I love that. And the biggest fun fact that I'm just going to kind of say right from the get-go is you've never, ever had a sip of alcohol. Never once. Never once. I probably should have confirmed nev- that before we hit record. Yeah, I, like- I promise you, I've never once. <laughs> <laughs> we need a fact check. No. <laughs> um. So that's kind of why, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on the show, because I find that fascinating. And not only did I want to bring a male on, but when I found out that you had never had a sip of alcohol, I was just like, that's, that's amazing. Like, I really, really feel like, number one, that's something to be incredibly proud of. 
Um, and I just kind of would like to dive into that a little bit. So, you know, living as someone who has never had alcohol, walk me through that. Like, was there a point in your life where you just decided that wasn't something you wanted to try? Yeah, I think it was kind of one of those ones where passively I got older and then I decided like, hey, maybe this is something that I don't exactly need to look forward to and I don't need it to be like an end goal post for my 21st birthday or, you know, partying with friends. I I also think a little bit of it too was kind of a guilty conscience of not wanting to do it before I was 21, which I'm really grateful that I didn't like make that choice when I was like, 16, 17, 18 to, you know, sneak behind my parents back and do that. Cause I think the perspective of, of having a few extra years helped so much, but I truly think it was one of those things that I, I saw how it affected my friends, how it affected my family. And I just decided it wasn't something for me. Hmm, and yeah. And it was just one of those things that's like, I don't need another distraction in my life and or another vice or another thing that I'm, you know, not necessarily proud of if I can't, you know, keep it con- under control. And I figured it would be so much easier to never get attached to it if I never started. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So, I mean, growing up in high school and stuff, let's, let's go back to that. Like, were there temptations? Were there any pushback from friends? Like, I mean, we can all see it. It's like a movie, you know, the walking into the party and like, what, you got to have one bro, you know, like, did yeah. you run into those scenarios? You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I mentioned that, but I, I did go to a, a you know, some very small private school that did not have any sort of emphasis on, you know, that kind of lifestyle. So I, I say that it was, it happened, but it was very few and far between. It was kind of like a, you know, hanging out with some friends and they, you know, mention it and be like, are you going to have one? And yeah. I would uh, just say, no, not really. Not yeah. my thing. And they're like, all right, suit yourself. There was never any major, you know, peer pressure or pushback, at least not, you know, while I was in high school. Gotcha. I think after, you know, from the ages of 18 to 20, we're probably a little bit more of a, hey, like you should try this. Yeah. Yeah. Time frame. Did you have any other friends that didn't drink as well, which would make it easier or? No, uh, as far as like, at least in those environments, everybody kind of, you know, just went with it and gave into that, which, you know, to each their own, but uh, it was not for me. And I I am grateful that for the most part that all those friends were respectful of me and not, you know, pushing me into into something I never wanted to get involved with. Sure, sure. And I could see it. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I mean, for something that you never did or were not known for doing. I could see it being like, I don't want to say more or more accepting, whereas like someone who just like drank the weekend before and then they're not mm-hmm. drinking the next weekend. Like, hey, no, Grayson doesn't do it. Like, no, ser- whatever. seriously. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, that's the exact same kind of thing. It's, you know, as soon as I tell people like, hey, I don't do this, then, you know, at first they're like, are you sure you want like a sip, you know, this. And then as soon as I kind of like, you know, say no one or two times. They're like, okay, like we get it. Like we get it. No more. <laughs> we'll yeah, we're off. done. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> well, and I think too, like, it's really interesting to me because I think we've seen this big shift to, you know, it being more normal to be sober curious or be a non-drinker because people very much are, I don't know, I think looking for more ways to be healthy, to be more, mm-hmm. you know, 
what areas of my life need improvement so that I can really be in line with all my goals. And I think Mm -hmm. we live in a time where it is more common. So maybe, I don't know, I think maybe that could have helped too, just kind of choosing to be sober in this time frame. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I I definitely have friends who have, who at least started to, and then were like, why did I get involved with this (laughs) to the degree I did? Yeah. And that's not any sort of testament to like, Hey, like they have a problem, but it's more of a testament to like, what is the point of this? Right. Why am I doing this? Exactly. So talk to me about your 21st. Was there any, yeah, I would love to know, like if there were, I mean, you don't have to call anybody out because we all, we have the same buddies and same friends. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, but I mean, were there any like family members or friends or anybody that were like, you know, okay, Hey, Grayson, it's your 21st. Mm -hmm. We got to go do this. Like talk to me about that day. So my 21st birthday. So, you know, my, my entire family. So my oldest brother, Jake, and then my other brother, Trent, um, they, we all went out as a family and I'd already told my sister Maddie that I 100% was just not going to do the alcohol thing. I was like, not for me. And my sister was <laughs> so supportive off the bat. Just like, okay, like just stand your ground. If anybody tries to push you into it, don't do it. And I'm like, all right, all right. So that night, um, my brothers, Trent and Jake had planned for us to go to this bowling alley and they had like this like special open bar, you know, section of the, of the, of the alley that was, um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think you needed an ID to get in. Cause I think it was technically attached to the rest of the, of the building. It was kind of like a big owls okay. scenario. And so we went there and I was like, man, I don't want to drink like at all. And I don't even want them to have any sort of like leeway over me so I actually intentionally left my ID at home brilliant because they couldn't make me at that point I mean I love it I love so, it so much <laughs> uh my older brother Jake he nudged me he's like oh let's let's get you a drink and I'm like oh sorry can't and he's like why not and I was like I don't want to he's like oh that's not a good excuse and I was like oh, well okay on top of that then I don't have my ID so unless you <laughs> intend for me to do this illegally and then By the he, way, uh, yeah, we love you, Jake, but we love you, Jake. <laughs> he was nudging me and he just kind of paused. He's like, that is, that is genius. I'm like, thank you. I know. I know. Um, so, and that is one tool or tip we've never mentioned on the show. So, really? you know, listeners, if you are, uh, you know, if you can still get away with looking like you're, you know, what is it under 45, you get carded or under something, who knows? <laughs> something like that. Just leave your ID at home. Then mm-hmm. you physically cannot order the drink. There you go. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, obviously I haven't had to do it, take that drastic of a measure ever since then. Cause everybody yeah. gets the, gets the memo, but uh, even just leaving it in the car, I feel like would have, you know, done the job just fine. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You had a plan and you stuck with it. I love it. I did. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, for listeners out there that, you know, let's talk about, you know, why we think we need alcohol, kind of all those, you know, misconceptions that it helps us escape and it helps us, you know, relax. It's our reward at the end of the day. You know, talk to me about healthy alternatives that maybe, you know, you'd like to recommend or maybe that you have in place because, you know, Grayson, you're a human being. I'm sure you have days where you're stressed or feeling emotions or whatever. And when some people might turn to, you know, a beer or a cocktail or something, I'm assuming 
that there's something else that you turn to, you know? So do you Mm -hmm. mind sharing kind of how you cope with those things? Yeah. Um, for the record, I don't get stressed ever. Ever. Um, Just thought I thought I'd let you know that. (laughs) Uh, no, all the time, a little too much maybe, but I think that the easiest way for me to kind of alleviate that temptation or the idea of like, oh, I need something to relieve myself is to take, you know, find a hobby, find Mm -hmm. some easy intermediate skill where I can see growth. Um, In recent years, I like picked up the piano, I will read all journal. And it's so fun, like, especially after I just finished a journal a few weeks ago, actually. And I had like this fun moment where I was like done with it. I'm like flipping through it. And I just thought to myself, like, man, this was something that I started way back when and Mm -hmm. it's complete now like I'm done I will never add anything else to it and I started that because it was a way of me processing at the end of my day it was a way of me you know finding you know here's point a and I want to see where I am at the very end of the day when I find when I get to z Mm -hmm. so it was a it was a very fun little intermediary choice something else that I could you know substitute for drinking um, or any other vice for that matter that I am very, very proud of because it's, it's reflective of like growth and development mm-hmm. and seeing where I was at the start and where I am now is something that's, I'm really, really proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. I've talked a lot about journaling here on the show mm-hmm. and just how even people that are on their sober journey, you know, just a simple entry of how you're feeling and mm-hmm. like what you're going through and you know, it doesn't feel good in the moment necessarily, but oh, like it can be horrible. <laughs> it can be horrible, you know, but sometimes just, just, I don't know, spilling it out onto the paper. It's therapeutic in the end, you mm-hmm. know, and, and like you said, to be able to look back on it and be like, wow, like, A, I finished something like this is really mm-hmm. cool. I have this whole journal that I wrote in and committed to and, and to also be able to flip through and be like, wow, those were some really hard days over here. And I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah, survived absolutely. all of it, you know, growth, yeah. like you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What else? I'm cheating and I'm looking at my notes. I did tell Uh-oh. you it was super laid back, you know, I just <laughs> got to make sure I hit everything. Um, One thing that I didn't prep you for, bum, 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 um, is I would love your take on how, uh, this is totally a different subject, but how alcohol companies like promote alcohol to males. I thought that would be interesting kind of hearing your take on it, like commercials and stuff, because I think there are so many stereotypes out there. Like, I feel like in the commercials, you see, you know, the guy drinking the beer, he is successful and he's handsome mm-hmm. and he's ripped and he always gets the girl. And like, just <laughs> the to- like how toxic that is to mm-hmm. people that see it. Do you want to comment on that at all? Or what, what are your thoughts? You know, I could probably go into a major tangent about how unrealistic <laughs> any sort of advertisement or for that matter, True. social media can be to that kind of thing. But I, I do think it's kind of funny to take a look at that kind of thing and be like, oh yeah, here's like this ripped guy. And yeah. he's sipping on a beer and like, he's getting all the girls, all the ladies, everything. And you're sitting there and you're just thinking like every person I've ever s- seen drink that in particular, the complete polar opposite, you know, totally. and like completely blacked out and, you know, forgetting everything, waking up the next day, wondering where they are. And it's, it's, 
it is a little, I mean, it's ironic, of course, but it's also just funny in general to imagine how they go about this process. Because, I mean, it's essentially based on a lie at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the the one beer? It's like the most interesting man in the world or something. Yeah. I'm like, is he Those though? Is he? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, I was I mean, curious I... what your thoughts were on that because I mean, you do. And I'm glad you brought up social media too, because I think that there's just this, I don't know, like you said, the lie, the, the, almost the highlight reel that gets portrayed where it's like, but that's not how it is. That's not mm. real life. So it's just, it's a shame that it's out there that a lot of us see that every single day. Mm -hmm. No, seriously. And I have buddies, I've actually ended up, you know, disabling all my social media over the past, you know, however many months, but I have buddies who will post, you know, what substances they're taking or what they're drinking at a party and all these different things. And it's, it, I will say that does kind of have this adverse effect, not just because they're, you know, drinking this, but also because it does include like the fear of missing out. Sure. And I think that that kind of goes in tandem with how you process that because you think like, oh, I'm not having fun because I'm there, but they're also drinking. Maybe I'm not having fun because I'm not drinking. Right. And that thought does, you know, sometimes it crosses my mind, like think like, okay, like why am I, you know, dedicated to not ever drinking alcohol? And on top of that, why am I going to, you know, why is this never going to change in my life? Yeah. And yeah. seeing how my friends navigate that. And again, to each their own, it's given me multiple reasons to sit back and look at all the facets of my life and say like, this is something that I can keep. This is something I can take out. And this is something that, you know, I need to keep my eye on. Mm -hmm. Very true. And social media was one of those big ones. I accidentally always bring up social media on this show because I have uh -oh. such a love-hate relationship with it. <laughs> like I will totally delete it off my phone. I will be, I kind of like take a fast from it and I feel mm -hmm. so good without it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not distracted. I'm not mindlessly scrolling. I'm not in that, you know, suction or the, you know, I, I just don't feel like I'm comparing myself or anything I'm doing. And then I feel the FOMO and I'm like, well, maybe I should go back. Maybe I should mm -hmm. share this. And then it's just like this vicious cycle. Oh. Exactly. No, and, and, you know, it's funny because in a way it's its own kind of substance and there is true social media addiction, I believe. Yep. And it's hard to take a look at your life with it and without it and ever imagine wanting to crawl back to it. But at the same time, it gets so tempting sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's like very eye-opening when you start making rules around these things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's what happened with my drinking, which I'm not here to tell my story, but towards the end, it was very much like, okay, I'm only going to drink on the weekends or I'll make mm -hmm. sure I have a water before or I can have white wine at five, but not mm -hmm. red yet. You know, it's just <laughs> all these stupid things. Yeah. And that's how like social media would be like, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I'll take it off my phone. Or I'll put it in a folder that literally says distractions. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I yeah. can't, you know, like just to make that, you know, very yeah, give yourself, clear. <laughs> yeah, the red flag where it's like alarms going off. Shouldn't exactly. be in this folder. Like no. you are making the choice to click here. But anyways, okay. Um, there's one big piece that we haven't talked about. And I'm really hoping that I don't just cry through all of this piece. But uh -oh. okay. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Get ready. <laughs> oh boy. Waterworks. Um, 
It's about Venus flytraps. No, I'm uh, Venus <laughs> Okay, I have I to tell one. listeners. So whenever someone comes on the show, I always in my questionnaire, you know, towards the end say, <laughs> you know, out of respect, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And Grace <laughs> wrote Venus flytraps. And I was like, wait, is there is there truth to this or is this a joke? <laughs> I have been bugging my coworkers with random like <laughs> questions over the last few weeks and the ones that i the one that i threw out at them gosh probably about a month ago now was venus flytraps should we be more concerned which absolutely we should not they're in no way shape or form a threat to humanity but i like joking about it i'm gonna think i'm probably gonna have nightmares about it now that was like my husband the other day he said what about those killer bees like were those did that ever happen That actually did happen. And it's a horrifying <laughs> thought. See, that's the same kind of thing with Venus flytraps. You just, you know, they're, they're freaky. Like quicksand. Weren't we supposed to be more concerned about quicksand? Exactly. Tell me when you were a kid, you didn't think that would play like a much more vital part in your day-to-day life. I know. Weren't you supposed to like, stay still? Like Something like that. Like struggling makes it go faster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something. I feel like Indiana Jones is what taught me this, to be honest with you. I know. This stuff is gold, man. Our our ratings just skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. Said a lot of buzzwords there. <laughs> okay, but reeling it in, I would love to just touch on however much, you know, you're comfortable with. But, um, you know, last year was a hard year for your family, um, for a lot of us. Um, you lost your mom. And let me just say that if there was any point in my life, like losing a family member, I don't know if I couldn't drink through that. Like I, Mm -hmm. I I will say it out loud. Like I can't, it makes me want to just be sick and it makes me want to cry even thinking about losing someone so close. And, you know, I think that it's something I'm really happy, not happy. I, I'm honored that you were open to talking about it because I think that situations like this these are situations we numb out from. These are mm-hmm. situations we pour that drink because we want to escape. We don't want to feel it. It's not real. I can't process this. Like, I'm sure I just yeah. summed up a lot of big things that you just are, yeah. are still going through. <laughs> yeah. But um, how did you, how did you not cave in? How did you stay the course and know mm-hmm. that drinking would, would not be the right answer to deal mm-hmm. with that? You know, it's difficult because grief is one of those emotions that isn't inherently bad, but it could have adverse effects if you don't deal with it in the correct way. And I was, you know, the first week was this complete visceral, awful disillusion thing. And, you know, she passed away very unexpectedly, at least you know, we, we had a few ideas of the direction it was going, but it didn't happen exactly how we had expected or without, you know, we didn't have any warning, so to speak. So there wasn't exactly preparation for it. So when I was kind of thrown into this, this, you know, dark place out of nowhere, I, you know, did process all these different things that I could have turned to and things I could do. I mean, drugs, alcohol, it's like, they're, they're all options. Like sure. they are options. Now, are they the right one? I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I remember I had a talk with my mom about alcohol at one point and 
you know, she was proud of me for saying like, Hey, I don't know that it's my thing. Like, I just yeah. don't know that I want to bother with that. And that was such a, a big conversation for me and seeing how she thought of me in that way. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I just wanted to honor the memory of my mother. I mean, I wanted to be the the boy that she raised and I didn't, I think she would have been disappointed if I turned away from that, especially so quickly after she passed away. Yeah. And I, I turned 21, 21 days after she passed away. So I had every opportunity right there to, to do it. And I just decided, you know, I remember vivid moments were just like, I'm alone. I'm sad. Like I am wallowing in my own grief mm-hmm. and I could let this completely overtake me. But if I don't, take a stand for what I believe in right now, then it could be a major problem. So viral. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a, it it was, it still is hard to navigate because it's one of those things that's so it's a void. And when you try to fill that void, you have to do it in a healthy way, which Mm -hmm. in almost never feels healthy once you've lost someone like that. Yeah. But here we are. We're still moving forward and trying my best to never, you know, change who I am and be the man my mom raised. And yeah, yeah. Every single day will always be tough, but I don't think that that's in the cards for me. Yeah. She'd be really proud of you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Gosh, can so, the waterworks? Gosh darn it. Okay. Mm. Um. <laughs> so I've kept it together, you guys. I'm just like <laughs> pinching my finger. No. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, for people, cause there are lots of listeners that sit here and listen to this here show and have massive trauma or massive grief or, you know, deal with these, these horrible things every day. And we get up and we keep going and here we are. But um, if they are looking for healthier ways to cope, I mean, I know you mentioned a few things that you did instead of drinking, but like, especially in those early days, you know, that probably did not feel like short days. Like what were some of the things that you did? Were you journaling then? Were you playing music? Like what are some things that kind of got you through? Yeah. Journaling, music, friends, I think were probably the the biggest one. They were an absolute outlet and it was a great, great resource to have people who I knew would pour into my life and would, you know, take me away for two or three hours just to distract me. And on top of that, finding a community outside of what out of side of your comfort zone is what I'm going to say. Um, I mean, I went to church very regularly after that time. There's like the, a young adults group at the church down the road. And I just was like, all right, these are kids around my age. They may not see the world the same way I do, but it at least gets me involved with with other people. And that mm-hmm. social interaction is something that's that's good for me. So taking the time to to do that was something that was massive for me. And I think that the opportunity to bask in that social interaction helped me to turn away from drugs or alcohol because I I wasn't alone to, you know, fester and I wasn't alone to deal with my own trauma and grief in my own way. I had to kind of abide by the rules of everybody around me. And that made it a lot better. Good, good, good. So just finding that community, like really leaning on relationships and um, just 
almost, I don't want to say keeping yourself busy, but a little bit of distraction, you know, oh, 100%. healthy distraction, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I think that's true for even people in early sobriety, like, you know, mm-hmm. okay. If you're sitting at home alone, <laughs> you know, on your couch thinking mm-hmm. about things, yes, it's good to process thoughts, but like, maybe you need a friend, maybe you need accountability, maybe you need exactly. a group to go do a healthy, you know, habit instead, a healthy uh, mm-hmm. activity or hobby, hobby. That's the word I was looking for, you know, mm-hmm. just something to get you through that spot, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, I think, and, and, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, you know, another like passion topic here. Uh, I, I've been in therapy this entire time and, and one of my, the things my therapist like instilled in me, like, day one major focus for the first however many months was like distraction is not a bad thing like it is completely fine to distract yourself as long as you do not let that hinder you from how you deal with your emotions Hmm. like if you can distract yourself now because it's tough that's okay as long as you never use that as a method to dissociate and back away from your actual problems because you are going to have to face that head on at some point but it's a matter of now or later and whether or not you have the strength to do it now or the strength to do it later and i I just think that that's you know a distraction can be a good thing as long Mm -hmm. as you're not using it as your only way to escape exactly exactly i love that example and i love that they said that because I've found that a lot and I've mentioned it here recently, but a lot of times people that quit drinking, they, they almost kind of say that it's like a, how do I put it? Almost like an onion. Like once you remove the alcohol, it's all like all these layers, you know, start Mm -hmm. to be exposed. And it's like, oh, actually that down there is what was actually (laughs) what I needed to heal, you know, because Mm -hmm. really I was just layering it with unhealthy distractions and I mm-hmm. wasn't dealing with, you know, the healing or, or the big feels that I needed to yeah. you know, really take a look at. So, mm-hmm. like no, I, and that is, I think so much of the world that we're in today is covering up who we really are and what we have to deal with, with all these different vices. And that's difficult, but you just have to learn how to navigate it. Totally. Yeah. And it might not be alcohol. It might be, you know, I think one of the big, big things these days is um the what's the right word just kind of the busyness you know what mm-hmm. i mean like oh, being, yeah. being the pinterest mom which i know you probably <laughs> can totally relate um, i definitely can <laughs> but just like the the stacked calendar you know mm-hmm. i'm just going to distract myself by doing all the things all the time so there's mm-hmm. no time to slow down and like no absolutely things, so yeah and and i mean akin to that it's it's been easy for me to consider just you know, throwing myself into work and schoolwork and mm-hmm. all these different things and taking that, letting that be the main part of my life. But I have to take time to myself at the end of the day to do what I enjoy and figure out what I enjoy. And again, deal with the emotions that are present. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. I admire that. Well, thank you. All right, my buddy. So the last kind of thing I would like to end on is um, to the listeners that are out there, maybe they've never drank, maybe they're drinking who knows, but like what words of encouragement could you say to them to just kind of, you know, keep that curiosity strong about maybe being a non-drinker? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Put me on the spot here. I know. I 
can only imagine how difficult it is to be someone who's caught in this and want to get out. I, I legitimately can only imagine. And it's a very, very large thing in culture today. But what I was always told is whenever you have a problem that nothing changes, if nothing changes that whether you make some minor adjustment to keep you away from alcohol or to keep you from being alone on a difficult night, or you make some big, you know, cold Turkey change, nothing will change unless you make a change. Mm -hmm. So it's important to just start with the little things, the things that you can control and build that confidence, build the discipline and encourage yourself, find people around you to motivate you and lift you up because I think community is one of the things that we were put on earth to do and to instill and to cultivate. So learning from that is something that I think would really help if I were in that situation. And it does help me in my own, you know, non-drinking life story. Love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, finding people around you, finding moments that matter and realizing that you want to be present in those in making the changes when you see them and when they're necessary. I think that's just a vital part of life. Yeah. So th those are my words. <laughs> I like it. You nailed it. Yeah. Well, and I think you. it honestly reminded me of, um, there's some quote that's always floating around, but it's whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And once I mean, you hear that, I mean, you just start to think like, oh Yeah. I guess like, I, I am all of a sudden I feel that <laughs> exactly now I feel horrible about some of my choices <laughs> no but but seriously it is it's hard to you know sit there and accept that but it is the truth yeah yeah so finding people around you always helps always helps and Venus flytraps. Should we talk about and that? Venus flytraps. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't start you here. You knew I, I had to. I no. said that was off limits. <laughs> and this interview is over. No. <laughs> exactly. You can talk to my lawyers. Oh, all right. One thing I don't think I asked you in the questionnaire, so I'll just totally snip all of this out um, if it's mm. not okay. But if people, um, if they want to reach out, if they mm. enjoyed this conversation and you've inspired them or if they have questions or if they just want to say... Grayson, we loved this episode. Thank you for being the first male. Um, where can they reach you? I mean, is, oh, there, boy. is it okay to put your email maybe in the show notes? And Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. That's, I think, the only way to actually reach me at this point besides my okay. phone number. So, yep. I mean, okay. go for it. Awesome. That sounds like a great plan. So. Awesome. All right. Well, Grayson, it was a pleasure. And I just want to say keep on keeping on. Oh, thank you. Things, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and talking to me. This is a lot of fun. This was. All right, everybody. Well, we will see you next week. So long. All right. That is a wrap. Thank you so much for pushing play today and hanging with me. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. Grateful for this message and want more? head on over to decidedlydry.substack.com. There you will find all of my writing, a library of past episodes, and an option to subscribe. That gives you access to many, many more tools for not only your sober journey, but for all areas of your amazing life. 
It has sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.